Hello and welcome to episode 115 of the Talking Wednesday podcast. Playoffs are secured. They were anyway, but there has been some changes. This podcast is coming to you a little bit earlier than usual. We are recording it a lot earlier than usual because we are live, not live, but we are. Oh, he's got his live on air sign on. He's been listening yes. to the comments. You see, <laughs> because Phil Starr in the comments on the last episode calling my live sign obnoxious and saying, oh, how can you not have one of those and not have it on? Well, I do. Just for you, Phil Starr. All right. All for you. There you go. There you go. Just, anyway, yes. Hello. hello just James. just uh, Worko joining me this week. How are you, yes. my friend? I'm I'm great. I'm great. I'm I'm so happy that it's all sunny and everything now. Because uh, just to be honest and open, I get that. You know, there's that 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 abbreviation of sad, where seasonal like, depression. Yeah, I basically get that. And when the sun comes out, I'm a lot happier. And yeah, same. The sun is out. I may be sneezing a lot because I need my massively, you know, antihistamine tablets that I get prescribed every year. But you know that's the side effect of of being happy in the sunshine. But yes, I'm uh, I'm happy now that the sun's out. How are you doing? I'm happier after today. Yes, because um, right now let's go straight in. We'll do the podcast a little bit different this week. Uh, my Ooh. week's been fine. We'll do the whole week. Yeah, week's been great. All that, yep. but there's football to talk about, right? Exactly. And there's plans going ahead. We've stopped Derby County getting into the playoffs. With yes. a controversial penalty. Do you remember two years ago when there was a rather controversial penalty that relegated Sheffield Wednesday? Who? What team was that for? Well, that was for Derby County, although it, admittedly that was less controversial than ours was today because... Yeah, but I also think mm. Johnson could have rounded the keeper there quite yes. easily because the net was very open. So he decided to go for the penalty. Then the red card obviously did do the sway of things. But I'll be honest, I've got nothing against Derby fans, right? Their team didn't turn up for them today. No, they didn't. They really didn't. They they did not have the... They almost sort of... They were playing as though they were resigned to knowing that Peterborough would pip them to the post today. It didn't seem like they were up for that at all. And I mean, well, for example... Let's let's compare the stats, shall we? I'll do Jake's job this time around. Um, oh yeah, Jake, uh, not so, joining us this week, but he will be yes. with us shortly in the next episode, I believe. Yes. Uh, so we had eighteen shots compared to their ten. However, they had more shots on target to our uh, six to our four shots on target, um, and we had slightly more possession in fifty-three percent uh, to their forty-seven percent. So, and we also had a lot higher uh, pass accuracy of eighty percent compared to their seventy-seven percent. Um, so that's it. That the stats suggest it was an evenly matched game. However, I would s- certainly say that the first half was, you know, uh, we cancelled each other out quite a lot. I thought in the first yeah, half. Yeah, that's what I thought. The and, formation sort of seemed yeah, to balance each other out a lot. Didn't exactly, we? exactly. And then second half, it was just dominance from us, and we would. I thought it was quite silly that we didn't score two or three actually in the second half. Because we had yeah, so the many second, chances. It's just... much, much better team in the second half. Um, one thing I will say we've got to be careful of going into the playoffs is the vulnerability on the counter-attack. If a, play, if yes. a team tends to hoof it over us, our defence sometimes gets a little bit caught out by that. I want us to tighten that up in training. That's something I would be saying we need to be very careful on those because our defensive positioning sometimes, when we're so high up with that defence, you can get done. McGoldrick, obviously, they were relying on his pace. I don't understand why they weren't pressing us today. They just didn't press. They just stood there and they let us yeah. have the ball and then yeah. just tried to counter us and hoof it over the top. Hoof it. Hoof it over hoof the top. It. And it and it and that did work in ways, but I think like they gave us so much time on the ball. We're such a passing team. Why would you do that? They, they effectively did the him. opposite of what Barnsley did. The, yes. the polar opposite to what Barnsley did, where they didn't let us have space on the, and time on the ball. And arguably we've ground out the results now where they haven't given us time on the ball, but we've still seen the results out. So maybe in Paul Warren's mind, it was, oh, they've got used to teams now not giving them time on the ball. Maybe this time around, they'll be a little bit shaky in possession when they have time on the ball. I, you know, something like that. Um, just just from a perspective of thinking why they might have not done that other than they weren't up for it. Because... I mean, to me, it seemed like the only one that seemed up for it, actually, out of the Derby team, was Curtis Davies that got sent off, and also Joe Wildsmith. The rest of them just didn't seem up for it, 
Oh, I will say actually though that their um, their centre back cash in. Uh, maybe if we go up, I'd definitely take a look at him because he looks quite handy actually. Yeah, it's. I think um, it was one of those performances that we've seen from Wednesday a lot this season. We weren't amazing, but we got the job done. Yeah, our ability to finish is still concerning me, mm. as it will. Smith is now on twenty goals for the season. Have you ever had a striker? that you don't feel has got 20 goals in a season as much as Michael Smith this season. Congratulations, Michael Smith. Very, very, very good there. But I've never felt like we have... Uh, he, somebody hasn't got what they have in 20 goals for Michael Smith this season. Just me? It's like, hmm, I'm really concerned about our finishing this season, but congratulations, Michael Smith, on 20 goals this season. <laughs> yeah, I know! But I know exactly what you mean. It just feels like... I don't know. It should have. It's it's almost a sensation of they should have had a hell of a lot more because of how many mm -hmm. chances over the season in total have been like squandered. Really, that should have been put away. I mean, even today there were some that would that Liam Palmer had a particular chance where somehow Wildsmith stopped it going over the line, where it's hit the back of his leg and then just got onto the post and then just finished where he's almost sat on top of it. Really, and it's just been unlucky moments like that, but also just poor like really poor finishing really over the season but Michael Smith congratulations on your 20 goals whatever is it all competitions or is it just the league I think it's the league 20 goals now right. actually yeah. I think it is I, or it might not be actually I should probably have these stats Jake's yes. our stat man Jake yes. was going to be on this episode today uh, he's coming on he, he, he had to just pop off at the last minute so we've yes. lost our stat man so we're we're filling in. Uh, we're kind of like we've yeah. do, we've done this podcast very differently to how we usually do the podcast. To be fair, it's usually very much formatted out in a certain way. Let's have a look, shall we? We'll do this the old-fashioned way, looking at the stats. Michael Smith, <laughs> what have you all had for tea? This is the <laughs> delay tactic we usually deploy, isn't it? It is the, the tactic when we're looking things up. What if you had I for think. tea, then, viewers? Oh no, it must be the league. Oh. It must be the league. Um, what am I doing there? Um, you're, you're sounding like one of those AI-generated voices rather than y your own version. Of That's so weird, isn't it? Like, what what AI... This is a, such a random tangent, by the way, but what, like... Why is everybody suddenly building in, like, computing into towards this AI? I'm horrified. Building? There's, like, AI art, there's AI music, there's AI voiceovers. Like, what kind of weird, ultra-advanced AI are we trying to build and, like... Contribute towards I'm, specific, here because... I'm specifically concerned about it in the performance industry. Slight tangent here yes. because um, there's so many contracts and and like video game companies for voiceovers and stuff like that. They'll go, oh yeah, we we've got the permission to use your voice as AI if we need to. So basically, they can not pay you for an appearance in a game. That's ridiculous. Exactly. Yep, it's ridiculous. Even if it's just a small part sort of thing, it's. It's already an industry where it's very competitive. We don't need to put AI into that. Because also, exactly. there's a point where as a society, you've got to put your foot down and go, we're going to use technology for something and not everything. Just because just because everybody can get cheap art and cheap voices and cheap things yep. like that doesn't mean it's a good thing. Because then you will get less and everything will start sounding the same or with slight you know, variations. And oh, well, it's good enough. But then we will never, we will be a, become a species that doesn't have any actual true beauty in art again because exactly. it's, because everybody can do it at a certain level and it will be a selling point for certain games and things like that one day where they go oh this has got no AI in it people exactly. go oh yeah. yeah we've done our yeah. entire game with no AI because it becomes a foreign concept it's yep. craziness but yes enough of that <laughs> they won't be playing football anytime soon as far as we no. know it's all competitions I think it's 21 in I might be talking absolute crap here. Nobody seems to know on all the stats I'm looking <laughs> yeah. at. Yeah. Because he's... <sighs> but again, I think it's all comps. He... But it's yeah. still 20 goals. It still yeah, it's still 20 like goals. It. It's still 20 goals. Yeah. God, but we, is, but we did get we, we did shameful. get told this though by the Rotherham fans and, and everything when he signed for us that that would be the case where he'll have like out of every seven shots he'll score two of them rather than yes. five or whatever, like you would expect someone in the upper championship, lower Premier League to score, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I just worry 
I, I'm, I just worry that we won't find that clinical touch in the playoffs when it yeah. really counts. However, Windass coming back on, Windass looking sharp. He needs to find his shooting boots again, but he's, he's slowly getting his match sharpness. I was a little bit concerned when he came on in the derby game, so I was like, please don't have a go at his ankles. Palmer obviously I, going down. I've got a bone to oh. pick with you about that, by the way, because I think you were totally wrong on that, about why why are we putting Windass on? Save him. Oh, But do you not remember last year's playoff campaign? Bannon had a run of so many games not being present, and then he came back while still a little bit injured, sure, but he then came back and was terrible in the playoffs because he had no I understood. Like, match fitness. So I understood about match sharpness, but being Sheffield Wednesday, all I could see in my brain was somebody two-footed him. Oh, yeah, good point, actually. And they almost did. Horahan almost did as well at one point. And that you was know, scary. That's the one thing. I, and I know he needed match sharpness, right? But I was just like, no, no, because we need him, right? And then another player we need, Palmer, goes down holding his ankle a couple of times in the first mm. half. Doesn't come off at half time when I was like, he needs to come off now. Luckily, he gets brought off with Bannon on like, what was it? Actually, probably like 75, like, 80 minutes, yeah. like I suggested, actually. I think they need to come off. Um, I remember saying that on the stream, but they did come off. And um, it looks like touch wood we've got through without, and, uh, without injuries. And James is on the bench. So we've yes. got... We have got people back for the playoffs at the right time, which will now be against Peterborough. Speaking of plans for the playoffs, we've just finalised this um, just now, actually. First leg, the away leg. Punk will be covering the first half. I'm working until... I'm not doing much of the coverage over the playoffs because um, we'll be doing a different style of coverage because we will be there, obviously, and we don't... I don't do too many vlogs, but I've kind of got it, Anna. Um, so, basically... I will be doing the second half for the first leg. Punk's doing the first half. Punk is then doing the entire entirety of the um, second leg, so the home leg. So any international fans that like the podcast or anybody who can't go, for whatever reason, Punk has got you back there. And the final, I believe as far as it stands, Punk might be doing that, might be going. We don't. I know we def, We most likely, yes. if, if, if we can obviously get tickets, which we should get tickets yes, if we get we there. Then we'll be there. So it yeah. will be. It will be. Um, a, there'll be a Jack and Jack and James vlog going up of the playoff final at some point. Exactly. I don't know if. I don't know if. Did we say that we're going to the second leg at home, or is that not a thing? I can't remember. We would. Yeah, we we'll talking be, about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that as well. Mm. Yeah, we'll do that together as well. Why not? Actually, why not? See each other in person again for only yes. the second time, which is yes. odd because I speak to you most days. I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Peterborough obviously winning 2-0 against Barnsley. That's nothing to be not concerned about as a Wednesday fan going into the playoffs because that's a team that have just beat a uh, a team that can, you know, that are also in the playoffs. They finished fourth. Let's do the let's do the league roundup then. So the last match day, match 46 of 46. Lincoln City 1, Shrewsbury 0, Fleetwood 2, Ipswich 2. So that means Plymouth go up as champions. Sheffield Wednesday 1, Derby County 0. Cambridge 2, Forest Green 0. That means Cambridge survived. Port Vale 1, Plymouth Argyle 3. Finishing the season in style despite going 1-0 down. Portsmouth 2, Wickham 2. Oxford United 1, Accrington Stanley 2. Barnsley 0. At home this was, Peterborough 2. Exeter 3, Morecambe 2, Cheltenham 2, Charlton 2, Bristol Rovers 2, Bolton 3, Burton 0, MK Dons 0, which leaves the playoffs being this. Friday the 12th of May, 8 o'clock, Peterborough versus Sheffield Wednesday. Bolton versus Barnsley, Saturday the 13th of May at 3 o'clock. That's the first leg. The second leg, Sheffield Wednesday versus Peterborough, Thursday the 18th of May at Hillsborough at 8 o'clock. Barnsley versus Bolton, Friday the 19th of May at 8 o'clock. So, important fixtures coming up there, which we will give, we will bring you as much coverage from as we can, and opinions and reactions to as much of it as we can. Let's see where that leaves everybody in League One. So, Plymouth Argyle are champions on a hundred and one points. Great tally. Last they've just Mental. gone on a massive unbeaten run, and they've done yeah. it at the right time. Finishing with a goal difference of 35. Finishing with a goal difference of 66, but not champions, on 98 points. 66 goal difference. They've scored 100 goals 66. this season. Oh, my word. 101 goals, sorry. Jesus. 98 points as Ipswich Town. Third 
Finishing on a points total that would have won championships and promotion in a lot of seasons. It would have got you promotion in pretty much every season for God knows yep. how long. The last the last 20 Decades. years, we 20 would at years, least have gone would, up yeah. uh, automatically with that. 96 amount. points Sheffield Wednesday finish on. That's mental. That's 10 points mental. ahead of fourth place, Barnsley, who've got 86 points. Fifth place is Bolton with 81 points. Peterborough pipping Derby to the post, finishing on 77 points. 21 goal difference, the same as Derby's. Derby finishing on 76 points, missing out on the playoffs by a point. They're going to be ruining their chances there. Portsmouth in eighth with 70 points. Wickham in ninth with 69 points. Nice. Charlton in tenth with 62 points. Same on 62 points is Lincoln City in 11th. Shrewsbury in 12th with 59. Fleetwood in 13th with 58. Exeter in 14th with 56. Burton in 15th with 56. 16th is Cheltenham, 54. Bristol Rovers in 17th, 53. Port Vale, 49 points, 18th. 19th is Oxford United on 47 points, which means they survive. Surviving the drop. The last spot to survive the drop, doing it by a point. Cambridge United do it on the last day. Minus 27 goal difference. But 46 points keeps them up. 45 points after reaching playoffs and finishing third in the league last year. MK Dons. That's what happens if you sell your top players. Yep. It is. Morecambe. 46. 46 games played. That's not points. 44 (laughs) points. Um, And then you've got Accrington Stanley on 44 which dropped with um, 44 points, the same as Morecambe. Don't know why, my earphone just made a really weird noise and it really threw me off, as you can probably tell there when I was reading. Um, It was quite scary. It was like an alien that was in my ear and I'm quite concerned. Um, Oh dear. Forest Green. Get this goal difference, right? You know, we're talking about like 66. Minus 58 for Forest Green. Minus 58. For Forest Green Jesus. on 27 points. They have conceded 89 goals this season. That's woeful. That's, oh boy. That's almost two every single game, pretty much. Dreadful. Jesus. Absolutely dreadful. I'm a bit sad about that, being the geography graduates, because if you didn't know... Did you do do geography? I've got a geography degree. Um, Ah. But as a a, someone conscious of the environment, I am very sad that Forest Green have gone down, because they're a very environmentally conscious club. And I actually, if you you go all the way back to the League One predictions episode of the podcast and whatnot, you will see that I had them finishing like 13th or something, and I was couldn't have been more wrong. So there you go. Jack does geography if you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yes. But yeah, so any surprises stand out there for you from the uh, drop, the four teams? MK Um, Dons, Morecambe, Accrington, Stanley, Forest Green? I'd say it's less of a surprise and more of just a really sad note that Accrington, Stanley got relegated because they've always been like, in my mind, and I know in a lot of other people's minds, they've been like a staple club of League One and just... I don't know. But I will say that I'm surprised about the finish of Portsmouth because I really did think that at the start of the season, particularly, that they'd be like pretty much what they they do what Peterborough or what Barnsley have done this season. I predicted them second head, and they but... were and they ended up twenty eight points off it. So yeah. yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great in the end for them. They did drop off. Uh, the big surprise has got to be MK Dons, right? Because I was Oh yeah. I'm quite annoyed at myself because I did. I thought they'd finish mid-table, but I actually put them in, I think, in the playoffs or just outside of it just because of where they finished last season. I was like, yeah. well, if they regroup, it won't be that bad that they've lost Twine and that. And they got relegated. Yeah. That just shows, like, if you don't strengthen, you lose the mentality, you can just crash so exactly. hard. And it's so nice to not see all... Because, uh, like, uh, there was a rise of MK Don's Twitter last year. <laughs> I've not seen anything oh, yeah. this year. <laughs> nope. I've not <laughs> um, seen them all. No, but um, they were, I remember I remember them. Some of them chatting crap about us, and I was uh, yeah. like the, you know, and I was like, what? What have we ever done? It's that meme. Um, 
Is it 50 Cent who does that meme? I'm not going to repeat if the people who know the memes. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. That vibe. Um, I watch too many meme videos. and mm. It's not really a meme, is it? It's like a video. Is it, can a video be a meme? Is this a question for another day? Probably. Yeah. Let's get so into our, the news. Our condolences, our condolences to all three of you out there in the world that support MK Dons. Oh, um, yep. There you go. There it is. There you go. There it is. There it is. There's 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 the the <laughs> lottery thing, the bingo card. The who who's who's Jack going to upset now? There you go. There's another one. Congratulations to Plymouth Argyle for going up as yes. champions. Oh, um, yeah. Congratulations to Ipswich Town going up automatically. They they were a very good side. They spent a lot of money. People talk they us did. spending, but we haven't spent money. Ipswich Town have. It's worked for them. <laughs> um, I've noticed that, right? That not many other managers or, or other like fan bases or anything like that were saying, "Oh, Ipswich Town, they, they've they've got so many mo- so much money and they're sp- spending so much on player wages, yada yada yada." And they were all saying that about us. And they had yep. the wrong. They just had this wrong club the whole time yep. that it was actually Ipswich that have been doing that this year, not us. So, I, mm, it's been it's just ironic that, isn't it? That. Uh, anyway, who do you think is going to win out of Barnsley Bolton? If we look at Barnsley Bolton, oh, I think it's Bolton. I think Bolton are going. Have you seen Barnsley's I, form? I, I honestly think that Barnsley are having their blip now. This is this is yeah. Barnsley's blip, and they're having it right now. And Bol- Bolton look like they're on a resurgence as well. So yeah, I definitely I think, think it'll be Barnsley. Uh, uh, the, playoff, the playoffs are Beat technically easier. They, they are technically on paper they are easier for us this season yes. than they were because we went straight up against Sunderland and that crushed us, right? Yeah, you know we just didn't turn up. We, if we turn up and we play like we can, you could you could snatch a result at Peterborough, yeah, and then just keep going at keep going at home because we're we're decent, you know. Yeah, we get all the fans in there. I didn't want to play at Pride Park, so I'm glad we're not doing that. In yeah, the playoffs. Same. I didn't want that. Um, Barnsley's last five fixtures, draw, win, loss, draw, loss. Going into the playoffs, you don't want that. You might have you a don't. bit between the teeth and go, yeah, we're up for this. But Bolton, draw, win, loss, win, win. You know, yeah. So they're coming off the back of a couple of wins, bit of confidence in there, winning on the final day. And um, obviously they've got the... The one thing is they've got they've got the home leg first as well. They could actually put Barnsley to bed. Yeah, <laughs> there, you know. So, and even then, you I'm know the, I'm, the I'm slightly to- nervous about Peterborough because Peterborough are coming in off 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 a win, but their form is loss win loss draw win. So we're the only ones with really consistent form. I think people are forgetting and people are getting all negative, right? Loss win 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 for Wednesday. We've gone yes. back to a winning run. Exactly. And also, just to say as well about the Bolton, you know, like the 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 loss in the middle of the of the wins there for Bolton, that was against Accrington Stanley, and they narrowly nicked it one nil. They had Bolton had like pretty much all the possession. They were murdering them pretty much. Bolton were absolutely slaughtering Accrington Stanley, and they just managed to hold on to the to the the nick, you know, nick the one nil. And Bolton should have won that by a country mile. So. Even though that's a loss in their form, they arguably have got similar form to us now. Yeah. So I, I think would what say would be actually ideal to, for us to do. Barnsley. We've done the reaction here, but I think what we should do is because this podcast is probably it might even go out tonight, depending on when we get the files. It's either this or you're seeing it on Bank Holiday Monday. What I might do is try and get us all together with Jake and that, and we can actually do a preview looking at the playoffs and do like a, an episode mm. on it. And we'll we'll do that, and we'll fully fully break it down, ready to go into that, because I think that could be quite beneficial for us um, in terms of actually being able to think about it a little bit more, look at things in detail, and do all of that. Um, but yeah, I'm excited, but I'm also crapping it. I I feel better about the playoffs this year than I than I did leading into the ones last year. If yeah, you, if that makes sense. I'm just worried if. <sighs> Team Sussers, where we go into it. I, I don't. I'm not as afraid to play in Barnsley now. If Barnsley gets to yeah, the final, same. Because Barnsley have shown they can wobble, and I think actually, if you get to Wembley and you get us on that pitch, we'll do a much better on that pitch. There's something again, about the, the big yeah. event 
Yeah. Um, Barnsley's ground is a lot more com. The pitch is a lot more compact than ours. Um, yeah. And that worked in their favour. And we don't do well typically on more compact pitches. I've noticed this season. No. So, given that Hillsborough is quite an expansive pitch, it's almost the maximum dimensions. I think. And then yeah. Wembley's definitely the maximum dimensions. I think that'd work a lot uh, more in our favour. I'd say so. It, it's, yeah. it's an interesting one. It's an it's a very interesting one. I agree. Mm. Right, let's move into the news. We will bring you more on all of that going forward. So this brought some controversy into the fan base. The 2023-24 season tickets are on stale. Stale? Maybe they're going stale. stale. They're on sale. Uh, Reading from the club website, season tickets for the 2023-24 are back on sale now ahead of the Owls' playoff campaign and will be available until Monday, May 15th. Prices represent the cheapest current way to watch Wednesday next term and are irrespective of our divisional status. 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 No, status is the mm. British one. Thank you. Status, yes. Um, I've been reading some different things in different accents for different things um, recently, so I'm still getting my words mixed up in my brain. Um, adult season tickets are priced from £22.17 per game, while our junior supporters under 11 pay just £5.21 per game in the grandstand family area. Our popular finance offer is available once more, um, giving Wednesday Arts the option to spread the cost of your season ticket over six or ten months. Supporters using... No, I'm not using... I'm not pimping that. Um, Season tickets are in sale from in person from the ticket office Monday to Saturday, 9am to 5pm. Or go to telephone and I'm not giving you the number because the prices are ridiculous. Yep. You want a season ticket on the cop if you're an adult? That's £510, please. You're under 25? Oh, that's fine. Just the... uh, £390, that'll be, sir. Um, under 17? That's fine. I'll balance, the, I'll balance the genders out there. That's fine, miss. Why not £200? There we go. Uh, <laughs> under 11s? 120 120 quid for an under 11 on the cop. And the grandstand is 290 The north stand? Oh, maybe it's a bit more reasonable this year. The adult price is £640. £640, Jack. Under 25, 490 Under 17, £200. The grandstand, 640 the same thing. Do you want to know what the south stand is? For an adult, £720 for potentially League One football. £720. You do realise Premier League season tickets are cheaper than that, some of them. See, this is an interesting one. So, so, yes, you've got to go on. So this is, I know obviously you're anti these prices and you think it should, they should be lower. And let me now just offer several points that are that are sort of the counteraction of that. Number oh, one. Wait for this. Number one. These season tickets were offered in January for about £100 less on the on the main, you know, say the adult oh, one. Oh, so just £620, Jack. Very reasonable. At Sorry, the same time. On. At the same time. There's that. There's, so you have the chance to get them at a cheaper price with that, right? Again, there's the recovery period from COVID. Clubs, all clubs have had to put prices up because of the recovery of the money, you know, the money financial loss from the pandemic. There's that. There's the current... Yes, of course, there's a cost of living crisis. And there's the argument, of course, that supporters can't afford these sort of prices because of the cost of living crisis. But it's not just domestic prices, i.e., you know, what everybody's spending privately in their home lives for petrol, all that jazz. Business expenses will be going through the roof. Like, the, the cost to actually run the ground, electricity, gas, all that sort of thing. That's going up. Business, uh, business tax is going up. All of these prices don't just go up for us as individuals living in this country. They go up for businesses. They go up for football clubs. How do you... I know, obviously, uh, Mr. Chancery is funding the club out of his own pocket, yes. But to a certain degree, it's taking the piss a little bit if you're asking for, like, step six level prices. So, so say, say going to a ground that's four leagues underneath... League One, that I I know of a couple, and I've been to a couple. That is nine pounds 
per ticket for per match day ticket for an adult, right? That's the sort of prices that I a lot of Wednesday fans seem to be wanting to pay. And oh, yes, yeah, sure, other clubs, Sheffield United offer much cheaper prices across the other side of the city, right? But look at the financial turmoil they're in. Reading have offered similar sort of season ticket prices, normal ticket prices. L look at look at the financial turmoil they're in. All football clubs are experiencing massive turmoil when they've been offering such cheap prices for their tickets. And I totally ag agree. For it's 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 very high for League One. Sure, Ipswich have got much higher season ticket prices for theirs. There's other clubs that have got higher season ticket prices than us. Right. So I don't. It's that. It's that. That whole thing of like, well, sure, yes, they might be higher than other clubs, but you're setting the mark against Burton Albion. You're setting the mark against Akron, you know, no, I'm clubs not. that have been in League One for a while. Right. Okay, here's the thing, mate. Okay, there's the counter to this. I know what you're trying to say. Virgin on uh, something I can't say for thinking too politically on this channel even though i know you're not um it's one of those where tory isn't it yep <laughs> everybody is feeling this in some way and i don't say it well no not everybody is but people uh, the majority of people are people who wouldn't usually feel this sort of thing are feeling the current state of it and the counter argument i have got mate do you want to know how much a season ticket is at nottingham forest who are currently playing premier league football for an adult mm-hmm Right? Go on. Yep. Their maximum price that I can currently see here on their top stand, £660. Their top stand. Their average price, for a, this is for an adult, £465 for an adult for Premier League football. Very close to us. But therein, therein is your counter-argument. Premier League football. Yes, Here's the thing, though. Premier why League aren't the teams, money, why aren't the teams, why aren't the teams, from the why aren't the teams around us doing that? Right. With the thing is, Jack, it's not just this season. It's not just this season we've been doing this. Chancery's season ticket prices have always been egregious, always, and that is the problem we are facing because the football has not always been the same on the pitch. Seven hundred odd quid, mate, for league potentially League One football. It's a joke. That's expensive time, for championship football. I don't know, but we're not... We're, right, balance the books some other way, right? Because we're not spending, mate. We're not spending hmm. as it is, right? And you won't sell these, and people will have to give up the season tickets because we are getting to a point now where I know a lot of people... Right, and don't forget, this is meant to be, like, it's grassroots. Working man city, working man's game, okay? It's... I, I used the word man there because I didn't want to use the word class, but... Yes. I realise I've gendered it, but I, you know what I mean, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but basically, it's meant to be accessible, and that's not accessible. That isn't accessible, right? And I know you go if you go there all the time, and it works out at what? Tw what did they say in the breakdown when I read that earlier? The breakdown uh, is like it's twenty two pound seventeen yeah. a game from from. By the way, yes. So that's, that's not... basically that's the cop price. That it to be yeah. on the cop will be twenty two point uh, pounds seventeen pence for an adult per game. As it's the just so you. I, I honestly say, man, if you charged four hundred sixty five pounds for a season ticket in most places in Wednesday, you would sell a lot more season tickets. Do you know what, mate? I obviously. I, I work weekends, so you know, I said I, yeah. I can't justify getting a season ticket again because I might be working a Saturday, I might be working a Sunday, so there'll be some there'll be a lot of games that I have to go, oh, I'm working the Saturday that week, I can't go. I, for about 465 quid, would probably do it, you know? I'd, I'd potentially do it. I know, I know you could say, oh, well, why didn't you do it at 510 quid sort of thing? Or was it, yeah, 510 quid on the cop. Yeah. But the lower it gets and the more value it gets... Just the South Stand being £720 when I'm literally just looking at... It's just forests. It's such good pricing, by the way. Forest. And they've had... I'm just really finding it tone deaf. It's so tone deaf, Jack. And I know what you're saying, but everybody's struggling. So why does, why does it have to reflect back on the fans? Why can't it be somewhere else in the club? Why can't it be well, that's, in a, again, in a that's, wage that's structure? A in a player wage structure? 
Yeah. That's that's the sort of question for Liam Dooley is where is the big, huge sponsorship that would be needed to supplement this sort of thing? Because Nottingham Forest, let's not forget, for years and years and years, their prices was great because their big main sponsor was 32 Red, the gambling company. And Chancery doesn't want to touch gambling companies as the sponsorship as much as he possibly can. There have been a few gambling companies that have come in and said, we'll sponsor you for this big amount of money, but he hasn't want to go, wanted to go that route because it's a gambling company, you know? I've just found the biggest counter-argument to what you said, by the way. I'm not just trying to disprove everything you said, oh, no, by the I way, know. Jack, but I, I want to offer balance, right? Derby County, right? Financial issues like us, we're in. Same situation. Their season ticket, I'm looking at their top-tier season ticket that I can find currently, £432. Top-tier. Their... Um, if you want to sit behind the goal, this is for adults, by the way. Um, it's about between two hundred and sixty-five and three hundred pounds. That that so their buy-ins around two hundred and sixty-five quid at Derby, and that's for an adult. That's not for here, you know. Like that's our league. That's a club you think the similar sort of situation we've been in recently. And that is a club that is looking for the fans and wants the fans there. If you did that for Wednesday, you would have a lot more season ticket holders. Christ, I'd snap your hand off for a ticket around 280, 260, 280 quid. Do you know what I mean? And I just think it's... It's an interesting debate, though, because at Derby, they've obviously had all the financial issues. They've effectively... That's the EFL that have come in and set those prices. And that's just to break even. That's not to make a profit. Those prices will be contributing to them breaking even. So this, the thing is, though, mate, you're looking at people and you're looking at people who combine things with their families. So it's not just like you and me going, oh, I want a season ticket. I'm going to buy a season ticket. Right. You go, oh, I want to sit on the, you know, the grandstand or the south stand or somewhere because it's a little bit tamer in inverted commas for my kids. So I'm going to buy a season ticket. That's going to cost me 720 quid. And then I've got one kid that's under 17. So he has to have an under 17 because he's over 11 or she's over 11 and it's 200 quid. So you're at 920 quid there. And then I've got another kid. They're under 11. I'm going to have to pay 120 quid for them. You're taking a couple of kids to the match. You're looking at a grand just for that stand. You know, if you take them on the cop, you're still looking at like, yeah. So 510, add 200, add 120. It's a lot of money to think about getting the families and the young families into the game, you know? And I just don't. I don't think it's I don't think it's fair for this club and I I want to actually say that because it's not it's not what this club should be about because the thing is the other side of the city are doing it they they've got a cheaper structure and they've had we are the bigger club they're in I the think... financial crap mate they've got to, they've literally got to wait for the Premier League promotion payout to be able to pay their players bonuses they're in the yeah. they're in the dirt. I know they're in the they, I know they are. I know they and I know that I know they are. But we still we still been in the financial mud with that though. That this is the, I'm telling you the 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 season tickets aren't the financial. What you've probably hit the nail on the head was there. It's probably sponsorships and doing the right sponsor deals and doing the right like you know merchandising deals and revenue deals and streaming yeah. deals and things like that because other clubs can do it and they can get sustainability in there. We have got. What is happening here is realizing we have got a big fan base and a big core of a fan base that will buy season tickets and going, oh, we can just charge what we want. Yeah, and I, I, it's not acceptable. It's, it's not. And yes, you could have bought in earlier, but it's just seeing that sort of money. It, it just got my back up, man. Right? Because we've, we're not at that level for that sort of money, and and you can't, you can't just look at it in the vacuum of Sheffield Wednesday and avoiding financial worries because. Other clubs aren't doing it to that extent, and we can't just be the one off and let us get away with it. Not everyone. Not everyone. Other clubs have got a sponsorship that they've had for many years. Who have who they've got a good deal with with a sponsorship for us for so many years. Our bloody shirt sponsorship was Chancery. Yeah, that was his way of putting the money in there. But stadium naming rights sponsorships as well. Yeah, and stuff, and they've got money from that. They've got like stands that have got a sponsorship on them. So the the friggin' insert company here stand or whatever. And we haven't done that. And we haven't got like I I often wonder, have loads of sponsorships undercut us with how much they're paying for a sponsorship then? 
Because I know we've got... I, I, do you remember as well? We announced so many different, like, oh, proud club partners are Cadbury. So where's the big, like... Where's all the song and dance about Cadbury? Where's all the song and dance about this, that, and the other? And clearly it can't be a big sponsorship then. And that's that's the annoying thing, is like, why are we not actively trying to get big sponsorships in? It's, and I understand as well, the counter argument as well. We used to have this theory on that, that it's our fan base on Twitter that does it. <laughs> I, well, I can that. see it. With how toxic it was about Darren Moore recently, I can see that. I can see can that. I, I, you know, we were comparing clubs a minute ago. We were just talking yeah. about like clubs around all like, Ipswich who have just gone up second. Right? And this this is another argument of like, they've got money and they're spending money, right? And they're not in financial worries. So they are not. They are at our level and they are not in financial trouble. Because it's not like St. Chancery hasn't got money. He's got money, right? And we we seem to have like balanced the books a little bit more now. I'm just looking. Uh, £478 for an adult season ticket here. More expensive area of the ground. You So like our South Stand, there's is 580 There's um, more expensive sort of like, you know, the premium seats, sort of the cushy seats right in the middle of the their main stand. The, the most expensive, 657 Yes, you've got your premium packages that are like a grand and stuff like that, but they're di- they're different packages. It's they've just gone up second. They're spending money. They're doing the right things, and they're pricing their fans reasonably. All I all I ask is for to price the fans reasonably. It's not reasonable at the minute. Oh yeah, mm. and that's the problem. But, but again, they've done that as well because they've just had investment. They've just had investment from, I think, a consortium of some sorts. And they've also got mega books from bloody Ed Sheeran and his his mathematical symbols being on their shirts and everything. So they've got that massive revenue stream, which then means that they've cut down the, pri- the prices again. So it's just this... It's, bon- it's, it's finding a big money avenue into the club that we need to find. Otherwise, fans are just going to keep getting the brunt of it. And, like, they shouldn't there's, nowhere, and I, I, there's nowhere look- else to put it. If the, respect, if the merch side is still you. crap, like yeah. it is, like the merch side is crap. There's obviously there's replica shirts and stuff, but everything else is just awful. Like we need to we need to do a deal with the terrace or somebody like that, or just get better friggin' designers in to design our merch that isn't the replica kits, because because that'd sell loads. It, it's it's. The I respect side. your I respect your counter argument on this, but I think the I'm one just thing that to I'm always going to come back to. I know you. I know so. you are. I know you are. And I know what you're doing, and it's fair because there will be that there. But I just think the fans should never take the brunt of it. We've took the brunt of everything no. else. We're mm. the ones that took the, you know, humiliating points deduction, relegation, the way it all went down. Players, you know, ridiculing our club and not taking our club seriously. We've been through it for the years. What we shouldn't have is when we decide to support the club, have to pay an absolute fortune in season tickets. It's not fair because they're the, your most, you know, you know, your most, um, most of those fans are the ones that go all the time. They're buying a season ticket. They want to be there, and you're the one. They're the ones that take the brunt of it. It's not right. But let us know what you think in the comments on that one because I'm sure that's going to be a, a big thing that people think about. Everybody's going to shout at me now. Call me a Tory and elitist. He doesn't know what he's on about. Ooh, armchair. Blah, blah, blah. That's what's going to be loads of the comments, isn't it? I know it. Yeah, and it's it. probably going to be a breakout as well. So put your oh. tin hat on. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Next news story. Um, we have released a lot of under 21 players. So Paulo Aguayas, Ashman, Cisse, Leo, uh, Leo Joe Davison, they're leaving in the summer from the under-21s. The under-18s that are leaving are Jake Bradford, uh, Denai Rule, Josh Chapman, um, Tabudze, and McKaig. Jake Glover is the only one in the under-21s being offered a deal out of that. And Mackenzie Maltby, Joe Pooty, and Kean Flannery have been offered deals for the under-18s. I've been seeing a lot this week, Jack, about people saying our academy is not fit for purpose again whenever we release players. I think a lot, what a lot of people don't grasp is the fact that we are seeing more players. Durant came on against Derby. He's obviously mm. part of the system. We've got Shipston. We've got, we've, we have got some players that make it round there and the players that don't make it in the first team, they go on loan or we sell them and we make cash flow. And for me, that is the big part of an academy. I don't know about yourself, but... I'm seeing it working more than it used to. And and a manager like Darren Moore is actually treating these um, 
youth players with patience and developing them properly. And I think our academy is becoming more fit p- for purpose in that regard. I don't know what you think in it. It's 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 a weird one because, well, for example, a previous episode that Jake and I were on, we were talking about this exact same thing where there's still a limbo that's happening at the under-21 level. It's literally just Tomo and Nicky Weaver, and that's it. Whereas the under-18s have got a whole complement of coaching staff, a whole complement of physios, analysts, everything. But the under-21s... It's literally just Tomo and Nicky Weaver, and that's it. It needs to be the same complement of level of coaching at that level to help them transition over. Because, yes, yeah, sure. I mean, well, to me as well, loads of those people that have been released in the under 18s, well, no, the under 21s, sorry. They were, do you remember a few years ago, they announced like all of these brand new academy people, all these brand new academy players? Pretty much that's all of them. Yeah. That's like loads of those that have now gone because they haven't made it. And sure, there's a big, there's always a big turnaround of youngsters at every single club, but, and the whole part of the game is you just bounce around club academies until you find the right one for you. But at the same time, there's still this limbo state at the under 21 level where they're not getting the same amount of coaching that they are under the 18s. That shouldn't stop. I get what stopped. you're saying about the coaching. If you look at the, uh, if you look at the top academies, all of them have got the same complement of coaching and everything all the way through to first team level. They've not got, like, loads of it at under-18s that sod all under-21s, and then suddenly they have to try and perform in the first team after that. It's, 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 it's think, bottom, it's like, there's nothing in the middle. It needs something in the middle. A lot of, a lot of teams do have a similar structure of the, you know, your first team replicates through the academies and that's how you build up. Um, and what doesn't work in some of those teams is they actually start to follow a manager's philosophy and they don't stick around too long. So the academies end up in the upheaval of that. So the good academies have got, they train different ways and different styles and bring players through of all, all means. What I will say as a counter argument to this academy thing is um, I think a lot of people are missing the point that we offered players professional contracts this season. So the people that won't be on that list and that won't be in on the under twenty ones picture anymore is because in the past couple of seasons they've been offered professional contracts and now they're youngsters that play with the under twenty ones, but they are on professional contracts or will be at the end of their, you know, youngster period, that sort of thing. So Shipston, Pierce Charles, um, Durant, who else? We've got have we got any more? Uh, Leo Joe Davis. That's three no, there. He's one that's been released. No, he's going. He? He's going. Yeah. yeah. But um, oh, there was the, the one that's played in a couple of. He played at Fleetwood and he looked great. And he's that really stupidly tall centre back or defender. Let's have a look because they'll be. Um, they should be in the first yeah. team squad now because they're the people on the fringes. Um, but yeah, there's there's genuinely players that are coming through and are getting offered professional contracts. Obviously, Kieran Brennan um, mm. out on loan. He's coming back. There's. Yeah, so it was Shipston. Okay, they're not classed as they're not being fully transitioned to the first team there. But if I look on the under twenty one profiles, Luke Jackson's in there. He's obviously still part of it. They didn't say they were releasing him, did they? Who was that? So, sorry, Luke Jackson, the keeper. Uh, Luke Jackson doesn't seem to be going. No. No. So there's still people that will be in there. Um. So the keep, the keepers in the under twenty ones are Jack Hall, Pierce Hall, uh, Pierce Charles, and Luke Jackson, and obviously Pierce Charles has been offered a professional contract and he's mm. on the professional contract now, but they're still playing in the under twenty ones. Um, we've got Almi Adatoro, Josh Ashman, uh, Fuad Suse, who's one that's been released, and Paulo Aguayas. So we're releasing two of those four defenders that are listed yeah. on the on the under twenty ones: Jay Glover and Will Truman in the midfield. Jay Glover has been offered a contract, but again, I don't think if I just off the top of my head there, yeah, Will Truman's not been released. So he's still around. Durant is in there, but he played at Derby. So he's one mm-hmm. of the forwards. Luke Cook, Kadamatri, that Kadamatri, obviously don't forget Kadamatri, and Leo Joe Davidson. So um, at least, yeah, two of those, three of those forwards are still part of the setup. So, I don't think we need to really worry too much about the state of it when you look at the bigger picture with the academy. I have been very critical of the academy in previous seasons, mm. but we've still got players around it. It's Any the facilities. The, the, I mean, it's it's all a question with the facilities, but nothing can be done about that until the training ground gets sorted because normally... 
What? By the way, something I read the other day, right? Leeds United built a brand new, fantastic training facility across the road from Elland Road, right? Guess how much it cost them in total to do that? 20 million? 8 million pounds. That's quite good. Yeah. A state of the art. I don't know if that's 8 good. 8 million good? pounds. Guess how much we paid for Jordan Bloody Roads? 10 no, million pounds. <laughs> Why did you do that? Why did you have to remind me of that? So, um, effectively, we could have had a brand new state-of-the-art facility somewhere for roughly the same amount of money. And that makes me really angry that that's what could have happened. And instead, at the time, sure, at the time, like, it was all about... There was a bit of a negativity from the fans towards the chairman and, and the owner and everything, and everything. And that's when they put out that whole ask the fans what do they want, players or facilities. And all the fans went, we want players, we want Jordan Rhodes, yada yada. And that's what yeah. that's what he did to try and win over the fans a little bit more again. But in those sort of situations, I think he should have just done the other thing and just gone with what the industry professionals were telling him over the fans, you know? But well, it's, it's Jake always we talks. Jake always talks about the academy and what we need to do with it. I, yeah. It's one of those things that we we we've still got a lot of work to do. But I don't think we need to panic about this release list. No. I saw a lot of people throwing the baby out with the bathwater, if that sort of thing, over this. So just calm it. Also, fun fact: Did you know we got had a player in the under 18s called Bruno Fernandez? Really? Oh well. Yeah, that's fun. He's in Football Manager as well. Oh well. Um, He's actually got a profile on the website. I didn't even realize he had a profile on the website, but he does. Oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, we have a sort of a recruitment head at Wednesday, and he's moving to Blackpool by the looks of it. It's been reported in the Examiner, um, amongst other things. David Downs has agreed to be the new recruitment head at Blackpool. So, Sorry, sporting director there. He's been our head of recruitment. You know, we've brought in players recently. He's been here for a while, in fairness, since the Bruce days, I believe. And I actually think it's not as big a deal as people are making out now we've got more because I think it's Moore's appeal rather than the club's appeal because the players we've brought in since Bruce have not done fantastically well. Whereas this last season, people have seemed to want to come and work for more. Yes. More than anything else. Said. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on David Downs leaving at the end of the season to become Blackpool Sporting Director? Well, if it does happen, and we do want to... Well, because we obviously will be looking for a replacement for him. You know, every sensible club would. So, this just says to me that if this is happening, then then uh, I was about to call him Stuart Moore for some reason, that, um, <laughs> that Darren Moore uh, does have a replacement lined up. And there's actually someone that I think that it could be that I won't say but I will tell you off air, but it's someone that he knows well and has worked with well, and it's following that trend of he brings in people that he's worked with well in the past, such as Rob Lee, the sports science, uh, head of sports science, and it's someone he worked with at West Brom. Okay, who... why don't you just say yes. it and we'll make it a speculation breakout because now I, you've given because up Because quite hints. frankly, I can't remember his name. I just know that he was the head <laughs> of recruitment. I just know that he was the like chief scout slash head of recruitment. <laughs> At West Brom, when Darren Moore was the manager, became the manager there. Do you know what, so, Jake? This is a, this would have been a fantastic speculation topic, and you've yes. absolutely ruined it. Yes, I know. I'm sorry. Well done. <laughs> but yeah, because that's going to um, happen now. That is going to happen now. So that old West Brom head of recruitment from, from or whatever, 2018, when Darren... 2019 era, right. Hang on, keep talking. West Brom, West Brom Chief Scout or Head of Recruitment from 2018 or 2019. I think it might be him, if I'm not mistaken. But, but that's a speculation thing. That's that's a, just a theory if David Downs does leave. Ian Pierce. Ian Pierce, probably, yes. I think that was probably him. Because, I mean, look at West Brom's or Luke recruitment. Da or Luke Downing, because Luke Downing was the... So, basically... Um, it, Luke Downing was the recruitment bro boss and he appointed the chief scout, Ian Pierce. That's with during Darren Moore's time. So it could be either of those that come in, in my opinion. It will it possibly might be one of those. I would I would put good money on that, that it could be them. Because 
The other one that it could have been was the guy that Darrymore brought in to Doncaster, but that was only last year or the year. You know, it was it was very recently that he had that job and then moved somewhere else or something like that. So it won't so be the one that Darrymore left. had there at Doncaster. Right, let's talk about Luke Dowling be, then, because Luke, yeah. Luke Dowling left West Brom in 2022 in summer. He, I currently can't see him having gone anywhere else. Right. So you could be onto something there, Jack. And that could be the replacement for David Downs, should he, should he leave. Should this be all true and should he leave and everything. Because again, it, it 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 fits. It does fit. You know, if Darren Moore is bringing in a former staff member that he's worked with before and knows well, he does fit that mold. And and we've seen them do it uh, do it in the past with Rob Lee, and then is also just in, in his entire backroom coaching staff for the first team as well. You know, um, right? Let's have a, that he's worked with before. So let's have a look then. Um, who West Brom brought brought in during that time? Because he was at West Brom for three years. This Luke Dowling. Yes. So if that is a replacement that would be interesting actually to see what sort of players he brought in for West Brom because Darren Moore does like to work with people who he's worked with previously yes he you does have, you have um, made a very good point there so the transfers in would have been why can't I load it so I don't know if this was under him. We'll do the first season first. The players coming in, Dwight Gale, Sam Johnston, Mason Holgate on loan, Jacob Murphy, um, and Bakary Sacco. And then the the players that left that season were Johnny Evans, um, Rondon, James McLean. And D- Dwight Gale came in and was their top scorer. So that was the 18-19 season. 19-20, this would be well into his time in West Brom. He brought in... I think, that, I think that was the year he got sacked for being fourth, which was ridiculous. But yeah, that was the... Uh... But they obviously... The, I mean, still Moore, in there. Yeah. yeah. They brought in Zahore from Cardiff. Charlie Austin. Callum Robinson on loan from United. Pereira. And... Oh... And Kronovic. Yeah, they've they made some good seasons uh, signings that season. It's the season they also sold uh, Jay Rodriguez for ten million, Craig Dawson for six. So good turnover as well. And then let's look at the see the last season, the season twenty twenty one season. I think I've got hiccups, which is great. Um, Ainsley 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 Maitland Niles came on loan. Carlon Grant mm-hmm. was signed from Huddersfield. Uh, Danganga from West Ham and Pereira I think was made permanent that season so he's he's brought in some players that have done some bits in the game so yeah I won't be too mad with that especially because it's more Darren Moore's appeal and people who can work with Darren Moore they've just got to be the finances there exactly, to be yeah. backed yeah see what happens let us know what you think in the comments but yeah Jack busy week for Wednesday Securing playoffs. It was. Even though players were secured a long time ago. But finding out who would be facing in the playoffs, making sure it wasn't Derby. Have you got anything to add this week? Have you got anything to add this week? I think I've muted myself. Um, Have you got anything to no, add I, this week? I would sir? just say that it's just going to be... Uh, I would just say that it's been really exciting. Uh, a, a really exciting conclusion to the season, I guess, with the with the whole thrilling thing of knocking Derby out of the playoffs after they knocked us out of the league a couple of years ago. You really enjoyed um, that, didn't and you? Just... Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> I honestly did. Because I've got I've got friends who are Derby County fans and had they won that and stayed in the playoffs, they would be insufferable. So it's just it's it's brought an abs- it's just brought a massive smile to my face uh, That's after, after we did that. But I'm I actually just have high hopes about the playoffs this year. Uh, much higher than last year and I'm just excited to see what happens next i'm still very much taking it as it comes i'm not getting too many expectations either way i'm just going to enjoy it if we do well and accept it if we don't you know get ready for that to get clipped when we get battered over the two legs against peterborough but hopefully that doesn't happen and we're all smiling 
Um, we'll be bringing you a lot of coverage around the playoffs. Talking Wednesday coverage will be um, big for that because it's a big time in Sheffield Wednesday season. We need to be a championship club next season, really, and this is our way to do it. The players need to step up and turn up. That's the big thing. Barry Bannon's been involved in three playoff games with us now. He needs to drag that team. If then, if none of them are going to turn up, he can't be the only player that does because it's been that before. Everybody else and him himself. Sort it out. Make sure Wednesday of victorious, shall we say. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I've got for this week's episode of Talking Wednesday. Take care and we will see you in the next episode of Talking Wednesday. See you later.